beginning, and this series is uh, a series that we've been going through through the book of Joshua. We've been journeying through the book of Joshua, and this morning we come to the eighth message in our series. Now, over the last two Sunday mornings, I've been preaching from a message called Preparing for Victory. Preparing for Victory. And this morning we come to the final part of that message. You can see a lot of relief faces up there as well this morning. But we come to the third part of that message, Preparing for Victory. So if you've got a Bible, can you turn to Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13 to 15. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13 to 15. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15, and it says, When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's armies replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Now, over the last two Sundays, we've been speaking about this message, preparing for victory. We see that Israel, the people of God, and their leader, Joshua, they had crossed over the Jordan River and they were into the promised land. This incredible land which God had promised his people. This land which was flowing with milk and honey. However, this land was still occupied by the enemies of Israel. And Israel would have to overcome their enemies if they were to fully possess that land for their own. And we saw that this they just crossed the river Jordan. We'd seen that God had brought them through the Red Sea. That now this new generation rose up and they were entering into the promised land. And we saw that this would be... A perfect time in the natural for them to enter into the promised land, to start picking off the enemy one by one. But as we saw over the last two weeks, God's ways aren't our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And we see that before the people of God could have the victory, we, have, we see that God had to prepare them for the victory. That God was working in them to get ready for that victory. We saw the first step in, in order for them to prepare for victory was... They had to renew the covenant. That means they had to remember whose people they were. God wanted to remind them that they belonged to God himself, that they were God's people, they were God's chosen people, and they were to be holy and separate. They were to be like the people in the promised land. They weren't to fit it like the people in that land, but they were to call to be an example of what it means to be a people of God. And the sign that God chose to do that, to renew that covenant, was circumcision. The second step that, that God had for them to prepare them for victory was that they were to never forget where God had brought them from. They celebrated the Passover meal, and when they celebrated that meal, it was a reminder that God had brought them out of Egypt, that God had saved them, that God had rescued them, and it was all because of the blood of the Lamb and the doorposts that we've spoken about this morning. But God wanted to remind them, yeah, you've got to remember the past, remember those victories, remember how far I brought you from, but you've got to keep moving forward. Keep stepping forward into all that I have for you. Now, that was what God was reminding them. So this morning, we come to the third step in preparing for victory. And the third step that the people had to go through in preparing for victory, that Joshua had to go through, was they had to reaffirm the presence of God. They had to reaffirm the Lord's presence. 
read the book of the law about what Moses would have said after the Lord, uh, after the Lord had spoke to him about the golden calf on, on Mount Sinai. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 15 it says, this is what Moses said to God after Israel were worshipping the golden calf and God was going to pour judgment on them. But, but Joshua said in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 15, this is what it says, then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Moses was saying, God, we don't want to move from this place unless your presence goes with us. We need your presence with us at all times. Now, what's incredible is that Moses, who was Joshua's trainer, his mentor, he had raised Joshua up. But the Lord had given Joshua the same promise and promises he did with Moses. He said that I will never leave you. God said that I will be with you, Joshua, as you will lead the people of Israel. I will go with you into the promised land. But now we see something amazing happening. Not only did God say that he would go with Joshua, but God reaffirmed that promise in a real way, in a personal way. He doesn't just say it, but God actually turned up and showed up to Joshua. But like his predecessor, Joshua, he refused to move until the Lord's presence was with him. He refused to go any further into the promised land until he first knew that God would be with him, that God was still for him and that God was fighting for his life. What about you today? What about your life? Do you live your life in that way where you, you want to go into all that God has for you? Do you say that to the Lord? Lord, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to start this new job unless you were with me. I'm not going to go to this place unless you were with me. I'm not going to shake unless I know your presence is with me. I'm not going to try and solve this on my own unless I know that you are in it. Or do you try to work things out for yourself? Do you go by your own way and ask God to help you and bless you? Do we live how we want and are we desperate to be led by the presence of God? Joshua, he said, before I go into any promise that you have for me, God, I want to know first of all that you're with me, that I have your presence with me. That is more important than anything that is in this promised land. I need to know that your presence is with us as we go forward. Now this paragraph here in Joshua chapter 5 verse 13 to 15, this paragraph records one of the pre-incarnation appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ that's recorded in the Old Testament. We see that Jesus actually turns up in the Old Testament. But this isn't the first time that it happens. Jesus turned up in the Old Testament before as well. He turned up to Abraham as a traveler. You, see, you can read about that in Je Genesis. We see that God, Jesus turns up to Jacob as a wrestler. Now, I'm not saying that he turned up as Hulk Hogan or, or any of these wrestlers. But Jesus turned up as a wrestler to, to bring Jacob to a place of submission where, God, where Jacob would actually trust in God, that he would go with him. In, in, we see about the Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew lads, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that Jesus turned up in the furnace, in the fire. Jesus was there with them as their protector, but also as their companion. And now Joshua here, he encounters Jesus as the captain of the Lord's armies. As the captain of the Lord's armies. Now, you might say this morning, why on earth is this important for you and for me today? It's great that Jesus appeared in the Old Testament, but what's that got to do with you and me? Well, it's important for us to realize this and see this because our God always comes to us when we need him. And he always comes to us in the way that we need him as well. 
We see here that with Joshua and turned up as the captain of the Lord's army. Joshua is about to face many battles, but Jesus turned up as the one who would fight the battles for Joshua. And I believe that God wants to remind each and every one of us that we serve a God who comes to us when we're in need, but he turns up to us as we need him. He turned, our God is our protector. Our God is our strength. Our God is a friend who never leaves us. If you are lonely this morning, then you can know that our God is a God who will never leave you nor forsake you. If you need direction this morning, we serve a God who gives direction. If you are feeling discouraged this morning, we serve a God who gives encouragement. We serve a God who fills us with his love. We serve a God who is always there for us whenever we need him, in whatever way that we need him. That is our God. That is the God in which we serve. And I'm sure Joshua, you would have been encouraged by this, that the God of angel armies, the captain of the Lord's armies, was with him. He was going to fight for him. Joshua was now experiencing the reality of the promise that God had given him. I want to say this morning, our God doesn't give us empty promises. Our God does not just give us words and just leave it at that. Our God is not like man that he should lie. It says in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. If God has given you a promise this morning, then you can be sure that God will fulfill that promise because our God is a promise-keeping God. God has given us as a church an incredible promise that the latter days will be greater than the former days. And do you know what? He is a God who will be faithful to his word. We will see that promise come to pass because our God is a promise-keeping God. And just as God had said to Joshua, I will be with you wherever you go, now God himself turns up to Joshua. He fulfilled that promise. We serve the promise-keeping God. But you know, the incredible thing about this passage is in Joshua chapter 5, is Joshua didn't recognize him at first. He didn't, first of all, know that it was God in the flesh. He didn't know that it was the captain of the Lord's armies. And Joshua does a brave thing. We read about it in verse 13. It says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or a foe? You know, it's incredible here what we see with Joshua. Joshua confronts this stranger. He didn't know it was God at first. We know that after reading this. But Joshua didn't know that at first that it was the Lord himself. But he confronts him and says, which side do you want? Are you for us or are you against us? You know, that's the incredible thing about Joshua. Is that with Joshua there was no compromise. You're either for God or you're against God. You're either with God and believing God and trusting God, or you're not with God. And don't worry about it, forget about it. But you know, it's incredible. You know, we see that he discovered that the visitor, the captain of the Lord's army, was the Lord himself. And we see that Joshua, as soon as he finds out that it was God, what's his first response? His first response is he falls at his feet and worships him. Once he sees God and he knows that it's him, and that it's him by his side and him fighting for him, he falls that's what we do, don't we? When we're going through difficult situations, when we're facing something, but then God turns up. Our natural response is, we're going to worship you, Lord. We know that you were in it. That is our response to our God. We come before him, not boastfully and proudly. We come before him humbly, reverently, knowing that he is the one who is above all. 
We read there in verse 14. Neither one he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's armies. At this Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? So Joshua, as he finds out this is the commander of the Lord's armies, he falls at his feet in worship. But we see something powerful happen in you, which changes everything. Changes everything for the rest of the book of Joshua that you will see. It changes everything. What happens here is that we see Joshua humbly comes before the Lord. He submits himself to the Lord. You know, great public victories are won in private. Great public victories are won in private when we submit to the Lord and receive our directions from Him. You know, the wins that we celebrate this church, when we celebrate and we see God doing incredible things, all these public things happen, but you've got to realize that that was first accomplished in the private place of prayer. When we come humbly before our God and we call upon our God and we spend time with our God, public victories are won in the private place. I believe the church needs to know this more than ever in our day and in our time. As a church, we need to get back into our prayer closets because that is where the victory is really won. If we want to see our community change, if we want to see our, our nation change, if we want to see your families change and come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, well, that victory is going to take place in the prayer closet because it is in the private place that the public victories are won. We see in the story, I, I bet, and I'm sure, I don't nobody in the camp of Israel knew about this meeting between Joshua and the Lord. Knew, nobody knew that this was actually going on, but yet Joshua submitted himself to the Lord in the private place. When nobody else was seeing, nobody else knew that this was going on, but when he encountered God, he submitted himself to him and said, God, whatever you want to happen, whichever way you want to go, I'm your, I'm your servant, I'm going to serve you. But it was this moment that made the difference between success and failure on the battlefield. If Joshua was going to have success in taking on the promised land, in taking on Jericho, then first of all he had to submit to the Lord and realize that God was in control and not Joshua. It's only when we take the place of a servant that then he can become Lord in our lives. It's when we surrender ourselves to him and say, God, here we are, wholly available to you. That is when Jesus comes and becomes Lord of our lives. Too many of us are living as a Lord of our own lives and ask Jesus to fit in here and there. But when you really encounter God, when you know who he is and you see him for all that he is, you will recognize and re recognize and realize that actually he is first and I will submit to you, Lord, and I will do whatever you say. You are first in my life. Joshua was reminded here that he was second in command to the Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua wasn't first in command. He wasn't the one who was going to lead Israel to victory. The Lord was going to lead Israel to victory. And Joshua needed reminded of this, but Joshua humbly submitted himself to the Lord. You know, when we forget this fact, when we forget that Jesus is Lord of our lives, when we start to try and live our lives in our own way and do the things that we want to do, in our own strength, with our own abilities, with our own talents, we actually move, move towards failure and defeat. But if you want to know victory in your life, if you want to see the promises of God come into pass in your life, then it starts by humbly submitting to the Lord and saying, Lord, you are Lord of my life. I follow you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to be obedient to you. You know, the Lord came to Joshua that day, not just to help Joshua. He came to lead. He came to say, I'm in control, Joshua, not you. 
I'm the one who's going to lead the, the people of God into victory. Joshua discovered that day the battle belongs to the Lord. And that also, not only does the battle belong to the Lord, but that the Lord had already overcome the enemy. That the victory is with our God. I want to remind us all this morning, the battle always belongs to our God. And the victory is always with him. Jesus won the victory on Calvary 2,000 years ago when he rose again from the dead three days later. When that tombstone, when that tombstone was rolled to the side, that is when victory is won. Jesus overcame Satan. He overcame sin. He overcame hell. Jesus reigns and rules above all. He has ultimate victory this morning. And our battles, every battle that you will face, it always belongs to the Lord. The Lord will always have the victory. The problem is, will you trust him for that? Will you surrender your life to him? And believe that he will bring you through our victories side. Now Joshua, he was an experienced soldier. He'd been trained by Moses. He'd been sat, sat under Moses' leadership. Though that wasn't guaranteed for his success. What Joshua needed, what the people of God needed, if they were going to overcome the enemy in the promised land, if they were going to take all that God had for them to be their own, then the ultimate thing they needed, they needed the presence of the Lord. They needed God's presence with them. They needed to remind them that God is for us, that God is fighting for us, that God is leading us, that God is on our side. They needed the presence of the Lord. Joshua needed the presence of the Lord above anything else. He didn't need an army. He didn't need skilled men. He didn't need to rely on his own strength or his own ability. All Joshua needed for victory in the promised land was the presence of God. As Moses said, if you do not go with us, then we do not have to go. As we come to a conclusion this morning, you might say, how does John chapter 15 and verse 5. This is what Jesus says. John chapter 15 and verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Listen to this. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're trying to see victory in your own life, with your own strength, you will never see victory. But if you would submit yourself to the Lord and trust in Him and follow the leader and guidance, then we will gain much fruit. Then we will see God do incredible things in our lives because apart from Him, we can do nothing. You know, as a church, we can move forward, we can do incredible things as a church. We can have, you know, we can build up a worship team, we can have great programs, we can get a new building. But, you know, if we want to see real lasting change and impact, for the kingdom of God. If we want to see our community transformed, without him, we can't do it. We need him. It is his direction. It is his leading. It is his guidance. It is his presence with us wherever we go. As individuals, if you want to experience victory in your life, if you want to glorify God with your life, because that is why we're here, is to bring glory and honor to our God. If you want to bring glory to God in your life, and you want to experience victory, you need the presence of you need God's presence in your life, leading you, guiding you, not in the back seat of your life, in control of your life, leading you and guiding you. If you do it on your own, it will only lead to defeat and failure. And I've experienced that, even in my own walk. When I've tried to do things in my own strength, my, with my own abilities, and try to work things out on my own, it always leads to failure, success, uh, defeat. But you know, when I trust in him and surrender to him, it's not coincidence, God works it all. God's promise comes to pass. His plan comes to fruition. I want to encourage you. If you want to see victory in your life, 
surrender to the Lord afresh. You might have surrendered your, Lord, your life to the Lord years ago, but I believe the Lord wants to remind us this morning. Surrender your life afresh to Him and ask Him once again to lead you and guide you. You might have done it this morning, but do it again this afternoon. Surrender your life afresh and say, Lord, I want to be led by you. And watch what God will do in your life as you surrender your life to Him. You know, as a church, we're so excited by all you've always been. We've started connect groups. We've already over capacity in our connect groups. We've got three connect groups going. We're going to need a fourth connect group at the moment. We're seeing people getting plugged in to our church. We're seeing God do incredible things. You know, we're so thankful for that. But you know, if we want to see the promise of God become a reality in this place, the latter days become greater than the former days, the connect groups aren't going to bring it. Kids club isn't going to bring it. Youth isn't going to bring it. It's the presence of Lord, uh, the Lord that's going to bring that victory. It's going to be the presence of God that's going to lead us into the promise of God. We as a church, we need to be led by God. And I want to encourage you, that's what I'm doing. As I, I, I'm saying, Lord, it's your church. It's your vision. It's how you want it to be. We just want to submit to you, surrender to you, and see your will come in, your kingdom come in, your will being done. And I believe that as we do that, we will see that promise come to pass. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his spirit in and through our lives. So this morning, the last step in victory, if you want to see victory in your life and prepare it for victory, you're going to need the Lord's presence with you. How do you get his presence? Start spending time with him, pray. Begin to read the word, worship him. Ask the Lord to fill you again with his Holy Spirit, that you might be led by his Spirit every single day. We are people who are to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. May we be a people who are led by his presence every day of our lives. Amen. Shall we pray?